Welcome back. I'm James, and this is Behind the Madness, where we talk about business growth, ways to work smarter, and the fundamentals of business, all geared to unlocking your brand's peak performance. So let's dive into this episode, Team Collaboration. Do you want to start with a joke? Start with a joke. Why not? Lighten up people to your personality. So I was, um, I was lying in bed one morning and my son came in and poured a gallon of milk all over me. Strong, strong child. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was angry. Understandable. I mean, how dare he? Anyone who's lactose intolerant, I'm very sorry. Legend. Dairy. Oh, that is good. I know. Yeah, that is good. Thanks. I've got an ant one. We'll save that for next week. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's unlocking that growth. I can hear them unsubscribing. Watch the counter just flick away. So, Jamie, today, team collaboration. I am joined by Jamie, if you haven't gathered already. We've even improved our podcast gear. Crispy. Much better. So hopefully it should take Paul a little bit less in the, the post-production. But we'll do more. Yeah, more episodes, less editing. Yeah, head of podcasts. Yes, Paul's new role. Adding to the rest of the roles that he's already got. We are today talking about team collaboration. Still, we're still talking about it. Uh, a lot of teams obviously don't talk. They work in silos. We are going to try and help people work closer together. Now, obviously, for us, it makes sense to talk about teams in terms of sales teams and marketing teams and working together. It's something that we work closely with, with our clients. And it's something that we probably know more about. So there are obviously within your company, there are a lot of different organizations, there are a lot of different silos, and they don't all talk to each other. But specifically today, we're going to focus down on your marketing team and your sales team. So do you want to kick us off, Jay? I think sales and marketing is one of the most important team collaborations that you can have because it encapsulates the whole user journey really the customer journey you think you try and grab people's awareness from being a stranger and then you take them all the way through to conversion and then advocacy of your product and that is what sales and that is what marketing does so it makes sense that those two talk to each other because if you get a clear defined handoff point where someone has done all the marketing and they've got ready to buy and then a sales guy comes in and hasn't spoken to the marketing team then there's going to be a disconnect. There's going to be friction. And with that, you're going to lose people. They're going to realize there's not that personal touch. There's not that care. And people care about that nowadays. It's It has to be brand connection. And by building out togetherness within a business, then you build that out as the customer experience as well. So that's really, really what you want to make sure you're doing. Connect those two teams because your marketing efforts will dictate what you do for selling. And your selling efforts will dictate what marketing you put out. And by working together, you will become a much more collaborative unit, aka better customers. Yeah, I completely agree. What I tend to say is think about it on the phones. If somebody is connecting with you on the phone and they're giving you one message, let's say even if it is the marketing that's just gone out, it's all a certain message, it's a certain tone of voice, and then you've bought into that. The marketing team have done their job and sales step in to pick up the phone to give you a, a call, and they're all of a sudden talking about something else completely unrelated or different messages to what you've already experienced, it's going to knee-jerk you in, in down the one it's disruptive. Route. Yeah, you want something that's continually 
nurturing you into that final goal, which is obviously to convert a, uh, a prospect into a customer. I think a really nice way you could probably look at it as an overview is rather than sales and marketing, it's customer experience and user experience. And then those two are sections of that department. Because like James says, if you disrupt that experience, then you're going to lead to more friction, potential abandonment, potential not buying, not conversion. And that's not what you want. I think in smaller companies, you, you tend to find that certainly sales and marketing can be the one role. So a lot of the time, they're more aligned in smaller companies. And as we grow, we separate these teams and they're not communicating with each other. Also, sales and marketing, when we first talk to a lot of companies, are generally at lockerheads. The sales are, are shouting at marketing for information or leads. And then the marketing are shouting at sales to you know give them some feedback on, on calls, if they are at all. But they're being very much reactive to what's happening. Whereas if sales are saying, well, you know, I'm speaking to people on the phone all the time about they're wanting more information on this product or this product line, then get some resources in place that can support your sales team. So when they are speaking to people on the phone and a customer asks about a certain feature, you could have a PDF, a presentation, a resource that is there ready to go. It could even be a blog or a podcast. And the sales guy can straight on the phone go, yeah, absolutely, I'll follow this up with an email. We've got some great resources on that feature that I'll whiz over to you. Digest them in your own time and I'll and I'll give you a call back, you know, in a couple of days once you've had a chance to read them. All of a sudden, that's marketing and sales working together to give the customer what they need on that point. So talking to sales and understanding what their pain points are rather than just them trying to, and, and sales are notorious for just trying to, push it through and maybe not feedback constructively what they want or think along those lines, I think is a really, really good place to start. So James, you're a business owner. Mm -hmm. You're a business owner who has started the business and has then subsequently grown it. So you have firsthand seen how sales can be, sales and marketing can be one role, then it can be divvied up. So obviously before you did a lot of methods, client facing stuff, which could be their sales. Now, obviously, we've brought Andy into the team as well, who is being more client-focused. Mm -hmm. So how do you think you found it? What problems have you encountered that you can obviously pass on kind of a, almost a been there, done that wisdom to the business owner this is? I think communication. So I think bringing them in and certainly with the way we work, we already had a, a lot of resources that Andy could pull from. We had a very good blog with a lot of information on there. So we were... I think we were led more in the terms of the marketing and the resources that we were that we were producing already because we are very, very customer focused. So because we were already customer focused, Andy has now got a, a huge collection of resources and assets that he can pull from to to send to people on, on, on the kind of the email or, the, or those touch points. So I think we were very lucky in that regard. If anything, I think he's got too much so obviously he's been with us now for about three months and still finding new stuff kind of all the time to use and to send over do you think that's a problem can can you have too much as well as obviously too little i think we need to find a way of kind of obviously before our blog wasn't even searchable which now is a, a lot lot easier so andy can now type in a keyword and actually find what he's looking for so with the new website it, it actually makes his job a lot easier so while he's on the phone and people are asking him questions he can actually do his research while he's there and get that out there Obviously, with our main resources, we don't have too many of our lead generators 
but as downloads, we've kind of picked a few and run with those, the ones that we know work very, very well. So that makes it a lot easier. But in terms of blogs, we have, as you said, a huge amount. And I don't think you can have too much. I think what he is now doing is realizing, because obviously three months in, you're still trying to find your feet. You're still trying to really know a bit about us and how we work as well as what people are asking him for on the phone. And once you've done it for a while, I think you almost know the pain points, you know what objections you're going to find on the phone, because we've all, you know, we've all had somebody do sales and we won't phone up anybody out of the blue. There'll be a reason for them calling. And then we can generally now know what blockers are in place. So when we phone somebody up, we almost can preamp what they're going to say before they've said it. We know what route they're going to go down. We know the objections that they're going to try and throw at us. Once you get to that stage of understanding what your prospect is going to say back to you, you can then have your arsenal ready to say, well, actually, yeah, no, that's absolutely valid point. Here's a blog. Here's a resource that we've actually produced to combat that. And that's where if we don't have them, we go back to what we've said originally. That's where we need to produce it. Because if it is a blocker, or a blocker to sale, then we need to have some way of combating that. That's a useful point by utilizing sales who are firsthand, obviously involved with the clientele for method, but also for all businesses. That feedback from direct customers then can be relayed to the marketing team to then produce the goods or put out social media content, topics on podcasts, blogs written, how a website looks, all of this stuff that gears the marketing can be utilized from that direct feedback yeah completely and i think you go back as well to yeah i know we're not really talking about service here we're talking very much about the sales and marketing but it ties into it of being the bigger that companies get is then all of a sudden you will have a, a sales team you'll have a marketing team and you'll have a, a service team and being on the front line we all of a sudden like i i used to do everything not very well but i did everything. I had to do the sales, I had to do the marketing, I had to do the work, I had to do, you know, the accounts, pretty much everything fell on me, which is great as a business owner, because then I can understand how the whole business works. But then as we grow, you tend to lose sight of what's actually happening in those areas. And we don't have so much interaction with the customers. Luckily, we're at a size where we've stayed at this size, so we can all have touch points with the customers. So we know exactly what's going on. Everybody within the company, because we're at that size, knows how a customer feels or, you know, whether they're having any troubles with anything or whether it's all rosy. But as you get bigger, you lose that. And I think that is something where business owners need to go back to the front line and understand, well, what's happening? Why are people feeling like this? Because, you know, as we've always said, then you can refine your product, your offering. But at the same token, you know, if they're on the front line of understanding what's happening in sales, they can influence what their marketing is being produced. If they're on the front line of service and getting the feedback from support tickets or feedback from sales, they can then go all the way back and, and feed marketing again for, you know, what we should be saying or what we should be combating. A nice circular economy almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being, being completely customer facing. Now, luckily, because of what we do, we are. And we've started there, as I've said before. But yeah, you can, obviously, it's been a huge learning curve for Andy to come in and take something which has very much been me doing all of it to now somebody taking over, you know, I've done it for 20 years. So I understand the business inside out for somebody to then to come in and try and pick that up is tough. And he's not going to have the expertise in all of the offerings and the services that we do. Whereas I can on the phone be very kind of 
talk through that person's problems and almost rectify them, if you like, straight away, he hasn't got that expertise. So we need to provide him with the information to allow him to give the right content to those people to solve those problems without him necessarily being an expert. And I think that is very hard to get up to speed very quickly with. So when it comes back to kind of delving off into the different roles there, because I think it is really important to understand what each department do to have that empathy to collaborate. So to kind of wrap up this episode, if you had five ways that you could throw out to business owners to help team build almost, because that's what it comes down to is, is departments liking each other, not working in their silos. What would you say? Like making sure Christmas parties happen, making sure there are team events that not everything is work. How would you help? So for me, I wouldn't have a sales team and a marketing team per se. So obviously it's a little bit harder now when we've got a lot of companies who are working remotely, but I would make sure that they are more joined at the hip and working together for that same goal. Be that, let's say a lead comes through rather than just a nice handover of a lead to sales they kind of work together maybe on that lead or they're working together. So they are more joined at the hip. In terms of like working office space or... Yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I said, it might be harder now being remote, but if you're using tools like Teams or Slack, you know, maybe have them in the same chat group or channel where they can work together, where they can talk to each other and have that communication. I think the lines of communication are very much, as we know, we love automation. We love sending over things to people. And there, I think we need to be able to send that communication rather than being automated. I think it should be done more manual between the two people or or between the two groups of people. So there is that communication together. So yeah, I think good communication, whether that's been the same office or the same channels or remotely. So I'm going to speed you up here. So that's one of five. Yeah. James loves chat. Yeah. Weird that it's been hard to get on a podcast. Second, second of five. Go for it. Resources. I think have a good bank of resources that you can use that are focusing very much on the customer and who's creating that i think marketing need to be fed from sales so yeah they need to have those problems fed to them of, of what it is they will have a good idea but i think if we're talking about you know marketing and sales working together here i think sales will know what they're struggling with and what they require third so this is kind of more of a sales tip i would say rather than the marketing and the sales but Stay off emails. With an email, you're just prolonging the no. And that's why we kind of do it. So we all like to be liked. And I prefer salespeople to be people rather than, you know, the, the cutthroat, ring a bell, that all kind of stuff. Um, I think very much people selling rather than salesmen selling, I think works a lot better. And in that regard, we then fall into the trap of, oh, we'll just send an email. But all that does is prolong somebody to say no, because they can say, oh, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I'll get back to you next week. If you pick up the phone to somebody, they're going to say no. You're going to get a quicker answer. You're going to waste a lot less time, if you like, on that lead or that prospect. So pick up the phone um, and speak to people. Follow it up with an email. Sorry, I missed you today. I will try you again in, in seven days or whatever. But but use the phones and speak to people. Three out of five. And let's get on to that fourth. Fourth. So... How, how important in the world of remote, post-COVID working situations are things like summer parties, Christmas dues? How important is it to bring that social aspect back? Yeah, I think massively. 
I think the trouble with with obviously uh, remote working now is obviously here we've we've always been very remote. But when the podcast happens, when we have our content days, we're all in the office and we waste half a day talking about football, talking about everything else because we don't get our ten minutes around the water cooler every day. We get that all of that stored up for our you know one or two days a month where we do meet up and then we need that time to bond as a as a team again so you know i'm very relaxed about our content days being a day when we really do the content and half a day because we need those touch points together as a group and i think that is us as a smaller organization but as we grow and as you meet some bigger companies they will have uh, a marketing team party they'll have a sales team party and i think that just doesn't all that's doing is just creating those divides and making it harder for that collaboration whereas dropping down your guards and having you know a night out no matter what it is i think meeting up as certainly the sales and marketing and i think that would getting together and meeting up really really helps fifth and final are we scraping the barrel or we got something in there so fifth and final is a CRM. We are still talking to people at bigger organizations who are running their business off Excel or Google Sheets. And we know you want to say it. Go on. Say, say which CRM. Having the best CRM that's out there. He's wearing orange, so I'm going to give that as a hint. Which we believe is HubSpot. It might not fit every company. 90% it will fit. Is such an important thing to have. As we're saying, we are very customer focused. The reason being that we're, we're customer focused is because we understand everything that is going through with that customer. And having that stored in a CRM is allowing us to do it. So when we are handing over somebody from marketing to sales, we are going to have all of those touch points that they've had with us prior to that handover. So rather than kind of saying, oh, I've got John, yeah he lives in London and he's interested about this product. We're going to have so much more information around John, where he's been, what pages he's been looking at. So watch out, John. So John, we're after you. And that is probably the, the primary point. Yeah, you have a good CRM that you're all using rather than having, obviously, you could have different CRMs. Have one central CRM that everybody's using and all the information is stored upon. And there you have it. That is James's extended five top tips to collaborate and make teams more cohesive. Thank you for joining us again on Behind the Madness. We are always looking for ideas and feedback from you guys about what topics you want us to cover. As you can see, some are shorter, some are longer. Let us know in the comments, do you prefer quick fire? We want to make sure we're making the podcast as accessible and as easy to digest for business owners. We know how busy you are. James, outro for you. So yeah, I think as Jamie's kind of very, very nicely said, we are building this out. We're going to get more guests on. We've got some really interesting guests lined up. We want to get more. If you're interested in jumping on the podcast, give me a shout. Best way to get in touch with me is on my email, which is james at hellomethod.co.uk. In the show notes. In the show notes as well. And I think that's what we want to do. We want to kind of talk to business owners, talk to marketeers, talk to anybody who has really anything around kind of business or fundamentals of business or struggles or anything we can kind of talk through on the podcast that may help other people is certainly somebody we want to get on. So yeah, so reach out to me and we will get you on one of the next podcasts. As I said, we've got some really interesting guests lined up. And as we've kind of said, the madness here at Method never stops. So we'll be back soon with our next chat. We've also got 
as I said, a huge load of resources. We've got 23 episodes of our podcast now, which we are trying to get better at, as we've said. So go have a look through those. If this is your first time, welcome. If you've listened to all of them, then thank you. If you've listened to all of them... Hi, James's mum. Hi, James's mum. If you've listened to all of them, like my mum has, leave a comment. The comments really, really do help us. So if you are enjoying them, leave a comment. If you're not enjoying them, as I said before, email Paul. We will be back stronger. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.